to another edition of Wild, Wicked, and Weird. I am your host, Brett Hedges, along with my co-host, the beautiful and lovely... Hi, Will Voivodek. Hi, hi. Hello. Are you ready? Hi. Hi. I'm ready. Hey, hi. Hey, hey there. Hi there. Ho there. How are you doing, there, How you doing you know? Bob? Welcome back to the show, everyone. Thank you for joining us once again. Uh, we hope you liked our last episode, and we hope you guys enjoy. What do you think about, buddy? What do you think about I'm my pumped. story last week? I got week? some good stories for you this week, buddy. All right, I'm down. They don't have a Christmas spirit, like a twist on them, though, but, mm-hmm. you know, just want to say Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays also, because it's five days away, Christmas. Absolutely, yeah. This, I guess you could call this our, our Christmas episode. Uh, one thing I'm thankful of is to have your friendship, buddy, pound it. <laughs> do you oh. got any Christmas stories for me? <clears throat> Christmas stories? Oh, boy. Um... <clears throat> my favorite sorry no i mean like for this week oh like, this week oh i'm sorry christmas no i don't have any, <laughs> i don't have anything that's uh let's see there's rudolph um yeah, i was thinking about like abominable snowman i, I, I was thinking if you're asking you. me a couple like family stories or something but i do, do you have any family stories not that christmas i can think of not 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 that are very funny um i know you got some home videos of you running around naked around the christmas tree oh doesn't everybody yeah that was last year. But I don't have the photos on my fridge, though, like you do, <laughs> where, you, where you're just bare-ass and you write oh, Pokemon. No. on on Yeah, there's a nice picture of you, right, where you're just bare-ass, you're writing Pokemon in big red it doesn't... colors, right? I'm sure Bob and Peg have it around here somewhere. It's a beautiful picture. Okay. Anyway. We're going to um, I... <clears throat> I'm stamping this right now. Okay. Anyway, um, I don't have any uh, Christmas stories, but I do have some stories from the city one block not one block about an hour away from here detroit no the other way so bloomington hills bloomington hills no we're still staying in canada but i guess you could call it like what's uh what's the uncle's name in in uh vacation chester no not uncle chester uh uncle ed uncle eddie yeah that's right so i guess you could say that like (laughs) this is the uncle eddie of windsor and like chat and and london and i know some great toronto no i know i know some great people but it just kind of gets a bad reputation. It's Chatham Kent. It's like uh, Shelbyville to Springfield. Absolutely. Abs- like everyone just loves yeah. to like if everyone wants to shit on Windsor, everyone in Windsor just loves to shit on Chatham. There's nowhere else to go geographically. We're like painted in a corner. It's the closest. And Not like really. the easiest, like the quickest way that I could just <laughs> summarize it is that just Chatham is just like the rural hub of southwestern Ontario, basically because there's yeah. between London and Detroit, there's a lot of farmland. And there's just a lot of, like, just small town kind of just bullshit that goes on. And in Windsor, we don't get a local police blotter. Like, they don't publish, like, how many calls they did in the night. Or they don't say, like, Well, oh. we do. It's called Facebook. <clears throat> yes, that's true, too. Yeah. But uh, the municipality of Chatham-Kent, the ckpolice.com, they give out daily media releases. And they say, like, okay. how many calls they went on on. And they highlight some of their highlights, uh, their, their calls of the day. So here's some from the last week here, and I hope that you can have some fun here. So bear with me here. Break and enter. On December 19, 2020, at approximately 0400 hours, so that's 4 a.m., the rear garage of a business located on King Street was forcefully broken into. Suspects entered the garage and stole several cases of two-liter bottles of Pepsi and a Daymac e-bike valued at $1,000. 
Nice. The e-bike is red and white with three Chicago Blackhawk stickers on the front of the bike. Anyone with any information is asked to contact Chatham Kent Police. So we know the suspects don't have a driver's license. Exactly. They got their e-bikes <laughs> there. And you know what was important to them? They had goddamn Pepsi. That's what they were stealing I from. thought you were going to say Fago. I was really I was hoping for it too. You were going to say cream soda Fago. Pop shop. Or, uh... <laughs> But here's here's the next one. C plus. Yeah. So this is so um, C plus. Yeah. What's it? Uh, Doctor Pib. Yeah. <laughs> Doctor Thunder. Doctor yeah. Pit. Oh, I'm sorry. So uh, next one. Man arrested on outstanding warrant. The Chatham Kent Police have arrested 26 year old Derek Viverka on an outstanding warrant for failing to comply with his probation. On December 20th, this 2020, at approximately 0200 hours. Viverka was located on Queen Street, where he was arrested and transported to Chatham-Kent Police Headquarters. So, he, uh, out on a warrant there, and that's nothing too crazy, but here's the next one. Shoplifting incident. That's, that's my Tuesday. That's that your Tuesday, boring yeah. as hell. Boring as hell. Yeah, just failures to comply there. Nothing crazy. Might edit that one out, but here's the next one. This was fun. Good for that guy, though. <clears throat> yeah, you know what? Get your the life in order. Best one of the blotter. Shoplifting incident leads to several charges and arrest on outstanding warrant. On December 19th, at approximately... 10 a.m. Yeah, 10:25 hours. So 10 a.m. The Chatham Kent Police responded to a to was responded to a Walmart in Wallsburg. One of our uh, subjects from a couple weeks ago, Wallsburg. The mail selected Walmart in Wallsburg. Walmart in Wallsburg. What else could happen, right? <laughs> the mail selected uh, the mail selected several items from the store and concealed them in a duffel bag and left the store without making any attempts to pay for the item. So he just went in <laughs> there. Maybe he just forgot. <laughs> Maybe he just forgot after he stuffed his duffel bag full yeah. of shit. Um, when approached by a security, the male became aggressive and threatened the security. Nice. The male then fled the scene after a struggle with security. This guy's hitting all the points. <laughs> you want to hit all of these checkpoints. He's, the, he's hitting all the check marks. Oh, here. I'm loving it. Ladies this and gentlemen. The male tens. was <laughs> tense. The male was later identified, located, and arrested. The male was on conditions not to attend the Walmart in Wallaceburg and had an outstanding warrant for failing to attend court. Wait, so, like, he wasn't allowed there to start? <laughs> he was banned from oh. that Walmart to begin with. So he <laughs> ran in and opened up his duffel bag, yes. put a bunch of shit in, and then tried to leave, and then started to started an argument with the, oh. with the security guy there. So he was arrested, and... The males, uh, yeah. So they named the guy previous to this who basically did nothing, and they don't name this guy? Uh, his name's not in there, no. So God. the 30-year-old uh, Wallsburg man was transported to Chatham-Kent Police Headquarters and held in custody pending a bail where he faces charge of theft under 5,000, possession under 5,000, breach of recognizance, breach of undertaking, assault, utter threats, and escape lawful custody. So he's got himself a long laundry list of charges there just by going to goddamn Walmart in Wallsburg. Wow. Yeah, man. I was at Walmart the other day, and uh, did you think that you were gonna have to fight someone who was had a duffel bag full of stuff? No, no, duffel bag Daryl wasn't there. Uh, little duffel bag boy. Saturday. Now go on, get your money, little duffel bag boy. There was tons of people lined up around the block. Yeah, it was like a, it was like a grand opening of a TGI Fridays. Or <laughs> Back in the nineties, it took a while to get in. Yeah, it was as busy as a Red Lobster on a Friday night. Don't you know that? Yeah, but the. I bet that guy could have got in, though, because they probably didn't even care about who was coming in as long as you had a mask on and, you know, didn't have the bubonic bubbles all over you. Oh, as long as he had a mask on, you can do whatever you want. Yeah, it could have been him, and they can't tell if it's him because 
you know, Duffel Bag Daryl has a mask on. Exactly. It's a Duffel Bag Daryl. <laughs> so, <clears throat> here's a here's a little stat. The other day, okay. in 24 hours, Chatham Kent Police responded to 184 calls of service in uh, in one calendar day, and four people were arrested. And do you want to hear about who was arrested on those days? I think I do, because there is some juicy shit in okay. these stories. Let's skip to the best one here. On 19th of December, 2020, at approximately 12.30 a.m., police responded to an area of uh, an area in Chatham. A 37-year-old Chatham female had started a fire inside a bus shelter in order to keep warm. Nice. It was located by police standing outside the shelter upon arrival. The fire was extinguished by CKFD after causing minimal damage. Boy, Les Stroud's really getting desperate. Survivor <laughs> Man. That's right. Downtown Chatham. Bear Grylls, Survivor Man. But wow. Uh, so was I guess it cold that night. It must. It obviously must have been. And uh, obviously homelessness isn't funny. But winter is coming. Winter yeah, is coming not, in this yeah. year. Um, the female had previously been charged with arson, and as a result, was charged with breaching oh. a court condition and arson. The female was transported to CKPS and held for so bail. Maybe she wasn't just trying to keep warm. If this is the second time she's. <laughs> Yeah, like the uh, this yeah. is uh, not the first time that she's been uh, known to police. So hopefully she's uh, well. She got to spend at least a night in jail at least. I don't know. Yeah, uh, she's warmer now. Um, here it is. At approximately midnight on night on the nineteenth of December, police located a fifty-three-year-old Chatham female who had an active warrant for theft with the Chatham police. Police arrested the female and transported her. Oh, sorry, this is the wrong thing. So this was last night? Okay. Yeah, this is. last They're still night. arresting her. We don't know yet. We'll get back to you in a we'll couple get minutes back to when you. it's done. <laughs> but that's just a, a local a local taste of what goes on in, in Chatham a little bit there. And I just thought it was funny just to shed some light on just the lighter side of things. I know we did a little bit of murder last week, but you can always make fun of the town There's next no murder door. in the blotter? There's, there's no, no murder in the blotter this week, so... But uh, that's that's what I've got so far. So that's Chatham in a nutshell, and uh, there's a lot more stories from Chatham that are going to be coming in the in the in the future. So, love Chatham though. Love thy neighbor. Love thy neighbor. It's only an hour away. I actually got my G two in uh, in Chatham because it's way easier to get it there. Like you can like book times way faster there. Oh, nice. Yeah, nice. Because I lived in Harrow too, so it wasn't even that far. Like it was going to Harrow to Windsor is like forty minutes, and going to Chatham is like oh, an hour. So I'll keep that in mind if I ever lose my license and wind up in the Windsor Police Blotter. Never know. <laughs> oh, but they don't have one, so no one will know. That's right. Yeah, you could like look. They don't have. Uh, Knock on. Yeah. <laughs> now they will be like, oh, what a wonderful idea, Willie. We're just gonna tell about all the scumbags we deal with on a daily daily basis and who we arrested and for what. And he admitted but, uh, to it on he, Facebook. On Facebook. But yeah, that's some of the lighter side of crime there. I thought that was pretty funny. But. Ugh. Mm-hmm. Love Chatham. Love it. Ugh. When's the last time you were in Chatham? Probably 12 years ago. 12 that long? Playing hockey. Wait. No. Maybe longer. That's where no. Hawaiian pizza was invented. Okay, I've driven by it. But like the last time I was really there was, I think, playing hockey. Mm-hmm. And we went to Subway, and I was like 15 or like 14, like mm-hmm. just eating a frightening amount of food every day. <laughs> Man, can you I was imagine playing sports and like working out and like growing and like, I got like two foot long subs and like before like my dad or like family could, before like the people I was with could like finish, 
like opening theirs up, I had already demolished like an entire <laughs> footlong, and like I would. My love parents to see. were just so mad, and confused. <laughs> They're like, "He must be hiding it under the seat." There's that's not healthy if you ate it already, because it was like eleven seconds. Of I course. don't know. Yeah, but when you're that <sighs> young and you're that hungry, like when you're going, They're like maybe he just dabbled some chipotle sauce on his lips and threw it out the window. <laughs> but I as will a joke say, or something. But two footlongs when you're about fourteen years old is not that bad. But can you imagine <sighs> if they had the three for twenty deal when we were that young though? They would. It just would have been mayhem. Yeah. But the last time I was really there was for hockey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Chatham gets a lot of shit, but it's funny. It's a lot of good hard hardworking people, but yeah. What can we do? Speaking of people getting a lot of shit, did you hear about the OPP officer charged in stealing Gretzky memorabilia? Oh my god! Oh my from god! From Gretzky's childhood home. Yes. Okay. Where yeah. my children sleep. Where my children. Where, where my sixty-five-year-old I... son slept <laughs> as a baby. As a baby. So so this is so this is Wayne Gretzky's dad. Yeah. Okay. Walt. Walt Gretzky, yes. Okay, at their home in, like, I think Brantford or something. Yes. Yeah. Um, Brantford. There was the OPP officer. Uh, her name was um, June Dobson, mm-hmm. commander of uh, the Grenville Detachment, so the police force. She was charged with fraud over 5000 a breach of trust. She would, like, hang out with the Gretzkys on a... She was, like, a good friend of them. She would hang That's out with I've them heard. and watch games with them and stuff. Mm-hmm. And to have a family friend do this and an OBP officer, like, oh... What a stab in the back! That's that's that that's crazy. A, that's, that's some scumbag shit right there. Get 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 this though. Like at the time when they arrested her, um, she was on leave of absence, unrelated to the case on something else. Oh yeah. So she had sticky fingers going yeah. the other way there. Um, among the items was the plaque given to Gretzky for winning the 1983 and 84 Hart Trophy oh. as the NHL's MVP. Yes. Uh, his jersey from the 97 All-Star Game. Yep. And a sweater he wore while playing for the Los Angeles Kings and autographed game-used sticks and pairs of game-worn gloves. So she took advantage of Walt and she stole a bunch of stuff from this house. <sighs> of the family. Oh. Yeah, and just like that trust you know that you put in nasty cops especially you know in today's world like when you know cops get a bad rap and you know oh god like this aren't helping them no um like that's it's pretty disgusting terrible (laughs) it is disgusting she she took advantage of an old man because i know that he's at least in his 80s right yeah yeah walt's like an old man walt is in uh in later stages of his life so to have that happen is pretty (sighs) disgusting yeah Hope she gets elder uh, abuse. Hope she gets what she deserves. Yeah. yeah, elder abuse is not is not a is not a joke. Probably won't, but hopefully she does. What are you gonna do? Yeah, she'll plead down. They'll yeah. get her to like we're about rehabilitation in this country. Not yeah, not certain crimes. It's a shitty thing. People like that that steal and steal. That's kind of like stealing on the job. I would say if she's a cop, you know, because like, oh no, she was off duty when it happened. She's on a leave of absence. Well, we don't know that, but anyways, that's that's kind of what I wanted to talk about today. Like it's I had some cool stories brutal. about like employees who steal shit from their own workplace Ooh. basically the worst employees ever Wait. uh pilfers i like to call them you're not going to talk about any of the restaurants that you and i worked at right no this isn't about me stealing no, a couple we're... extra fries every time that i would put an order cut, down or cut cut what we're editing this out okay okay all right um what were we talking about again okay so um employees that steal shit so for our first story here we're going to go to ottawa and we're going to meet a man named Leston Lawrence. He's Lest. an employee of the Canadian Mint. Yep. Have you ever been to the Mint in Ottawa? I've driven by. I've never been in it. But I've driven by it. Okay. So like every like if you go to Ottawa, they'll be like, oh, there's the Mint. But yeah. like 
Yeah, I'm obviously big now, tourist attraction. It is. I, I've never been. I don't think I was because I went to Ottawa okay. for a leadership thing in high school, but we didn't go in the mint. But I know we drove by. Okay. It. Yep. They have like it's like you know in a carnival you can stick your head in those things yep. like and take a picture. They have that. It's like look, I'm a fucking loony reporter. <laughs> like wow, I'm I'm the piece of gold inside yeah, the toonie. I did that. Yeah. Um, you had to. I went to the mint uh, twice. Once was like in grade eight field trip. Yep. And it's kind of it's cool, but it's kind of like underwhelming when you walk through because it's like a small tool and die shop. It's yeah. a really small operation because, you know, it's a, you know, they're making a lot of special coins there. Like they don't make like it's, like it's, the part that you see is the like the special stuff they make. Not yeah. the, every quarter, every loony. They're yeah. making gold bouillon and special coins and. Uh, silver and gold pucks and stuff and it's like an assembly line and you mm-hmm. walk and you see like maybe six or seven guys kind of working yeah um and it's there's it's a lot more elaborate than people think is what you're trying to say no it's not oh so it's less oh so it's, it's a lot it, smaller okay so it's like you're in grade eight we're like what the fuck this is yeah. where all the, all the gold is are you kidding me you think i'm sure there's just, more but yeah you think that you're just like ripping up a garage door and there's just buddies Working on coins in there. Uh, I guess, yeah. I don't know. I was expecting it, some big foundry, some big cauldron just full okay. of gold just smelting everywhere. Yes. Just the smelting. Just smelting. Yeah. And But they have this like gold bar attached to a chain. Yep. And there's like a guard in that room with the gold bar. And you walk <laughs> and they give the gold bar to every kid. And you would hold it. And every person, I don't care if your mother, Teresa, or whoever, everybody who holds that gold bar for one second... Looks at that guard and just thinks like, okay, I can take out his knees and That's right. I can fucking grab these keys and I can take this like guy grand just for a second. Yeah, and I went there grade <laughs> eight and I went there like you know like fifteen years later mm-hmm. and I had that exact same feeling. Oh I swear. yeah, <laughs> when I held the gold bar, it's hard it's not to cool. man because yeah. you're basically you're holding a lot of power in your hand. Like yeah. just think about all the things that you could buy or okay. the kind of things like. Anyways, it's crazy. But that temptation yeah. happened. Uh, to Mr. Leston Lawrence, this guy I was telling about, this guy that I was telling you about, mm-hmm. uh, he smuggled almost 200k of gold uh, in his rectum. What? Back in 2014 and 2015. You know, um, rectum? Yeah. How yeah, much? Over several months. Um, a lot. Almost oh. 290k worth of gold pucks. Um, oh. So during this time, between the end of December or the end, end of 2014 and, you know, a couple first months of 2015, he set off the mint's walkthrough metal detector more than any other employee. <laughs> 28 times. Of but course. every time they did a secondary check with handheld detectors, uh, it failed to alert the guards to the gold, and he was able to leave with it each time. So he kept doing this. He probably tried it the first time with, like, a thousand, couple thousand dollars worth, and he got away with it, and he just kept doing it. And they couldn't see the, it doesn't, this it handheld device doesn't, it wasn't the model that can see gold in someone's uh, cavity. Yeah, like it's, it's, it wasn't like a body cavity, so it's just like a wand. Yeah. So they go back there and be like, oh, okay, oh, really? Yeah. It's, it's your belt buckle or so something. So yeah. investigators, they went into his locker and they oh found Vaseline and latex gloves. Oh. But if we didn't, we went into your locker at work, I mean, you have that in there. I've had that in mind. That's that's a common thing. Well, if right? you're at a factory, sometimes you get lonely. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he sold 17 pucks of gold worth around 130k to the Ottawa Gold Buyers. <laughs> I don't know if it is, but I think it's that guy from that commercials that, I'm the cash Shman. man. 
Give me money for your gold. Yeah, money for your gold. Yeah. And he's just just flaunting hundreds. Like it just looks like a like a uh, SoundCloud trap trap video or something. That's right. Give me your silver. Give me your gold. (laughs) I pay cash. See me in Pickering. See me in Milton. See me in Toronto. Yeah. Um, He got caught when he went to the bank to cash these checks, and the teller noticed that he worked at the Mint and notified the RCMP. And I guess that's kind of like if you went to a used car dealership with a truck full of like ten new Mustangs, and you have and you walk in with like your Ford ID badge still on. Yeah. The like, um, where'd you get these? And like, oh, these are mine. You know, I bought yeah, them. Like, I yeah, them. like yeah. yeah. Of course, I didn't get this from the place yeah. that I work. Yeah. So this guy, he ended up getting busted for that. But the craziest part is that he got arrested in like March of 2015. Yeah. And there's a video on CBC, uh, like at the article that shows Lawrence making a gold puck on February 2nd, 2015. It was just part of like stock footage okay. of like, here's our nation's capital, one of their employees making gold. And it just oh. happened to show him. <laughs> what if he actually smuggled this that. piece that he took in this video? Mm-hmm. I watched it, uh, honestly. And I started to think of that field trip in grade eight when yeah. I was looking at the people. I swear to God, I, I might have I seen him like... You know, that was weird that that guy put that thing he in his pocket. He might have hooped it. But no, they wouldn't have seen that. But he knew where all the cameras were. So that's why they never caught him. Oh, well, he knows every blind spot in that did. spot. That's, oh man, like, oh, but I'm all sure, the uncomfortableness. Like, I'm sure a bunch of kids oh. on field trips probably said, Miss, that man just put some gold in his pocket. Well, shut the fuck up, Timmy. Keep walking. And yeah. Like, no one would believe a kid who said that. And that's no. why he got away with it for so long. Absolutely. Yeah, he would just know all the little blind spots. And, and it doesn't take, it, it's not like they're huge. <laughs> it's not like crazy? they're that it's not like they're like massive but like he put it up his bum William yeah you're like skating over this completely he shoved these up his ass what do you mean skating over this completely you're just like oh yeah and he just like oh yeah he just like put him up his rectum and it's like like, that's insane that's dedication is what I'm saying the dedication D block D block (laughs) oh my god people hook stuff sometimes I guess you have to yes um now I lost my train of thought. I'm sorry, but like, that's so what? Like, I'm sorry. Anyways, I just thought the video thing was crazy. The stock footage, like, mm-hmm. like the bank teller was a like alerted the RCMP like a week later after this video was made. Oh, wow. Like, what a coincidence! Isn't that funny? So, she, oh, you can yeah. watch this video. Yeah. Like my thing is though, like, how, like he went to go try and deposit it, like. Why, he did deposit he did, it many he, times. Many times. The like, only reason they caught on because that smart bank teller. Yes. That's, yeah. Like, I would have thought that he would have tried to, like, launder it some other way. Like, yeah. I don't know, but that's well, insane. Like, he's got... He had to have... Laundering is usually what gets them, yeah. as you'll see in my next couple stories. That's true. Yeah. Like, he had to have courage and dedication. So, good for him, well, but you stole it. Yeah. Go to the clink. Um. Anyways, another Canadian story. This one's pretty Canadian, but... Do you remember the great Canadian maple syrup heist of a couple years back? Oh my goodness, no. It was over the course of a couple months between 2011 and 2012. Um, $18.7 million worth of maple syrup uh, was stolen in an insider job from the FPAQ facility in St. Louis de Blanford, Quebec. FPAQ is like the Federation... Of something, something Quebecois. It's basically like the <laughs> national. Something, it's something like OPEC. It's like OPEC for maple syrup. You know okay. what I mean? Like they they control the market basically. They have it's like seventy percent 
of 77% of all the maple syrup in the world. It's a syrup mafia. Yeah, and they hold it in these warehouses and they just release a little bit, just yeah. like the oil, you know, magnets do. Yeah, you 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 stockpile your you stockpile your stuff while it's cheap and then mm-hmm. you you parse it out. But these guys um the syrup was stored in unmarked white metal barrels and they only inspected it once a year in this warehouse. So these once guys, a year? Yeah, once a year. They That's never so check dumb. this thing. So these thieves uh, who work there, they use trucks to transport the barrels to a remote, a remote sugar shack. And then they siphoned off the maple syrup and they refilled it back with water and they put it back. <laughs> but as this went on, and because no one ever checked anything, they didn't even, they, they eventually wouldn't even fill it up with water. And they were just throwing empty barrels back. Oh my God. So when the yearly inspection came around, like 10 months later, the inspector almost fell over because he like threw his ladder on these barrels that he thought weighed 600 pounds and they're empty. So he goes flying. So this guy's, these guys, their plan was basically like a high school students, like trying to get their parents booze. Like, oh, I'm just going to put yeah. water back on it and yeah. no one's going to know. And they stopped like... putting the water back in. <laughs> yeah. And the parents found out. And oh. they went to jail. And they went to jail. Yeah. Because they didn't even put water back in. So yeah. he went to go, oh, Timmy's going to go up these ladders and yeah. he just falls. That's and crazy. they just sold it to other people who eventually like repackaged it and made it look legal and sold mm-hmm. it to other distributors. Mm-hmm. But they, a lot of it, they, most of it, they never got back. Um, the main ringleader, uh, Richard Valliere, uh, he got eight years and a $9.5 million fine. Oh, wow. But his his sentence is extended to 14 years if he does not pay the fine. <laughs> I don't know how much time they gave him, but yeah, almost $10 million. So That's a lot of syrup Good luck, money. Richard. That's a lot yeah. of syrup money. That's a, a lot, lot of, of pancakes. Oh, yeah. I want well, blueberry pancakes. not Jemima anymore, isn't oh, it? Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. What, that's a lot of syrup, man. Like, yeah. I want blueberry pancakes. I want blueberry pancakes. You'll get your pancakes. I get your pancakes, baby. <laughs> I get your pancakes. Um, I had a dream. I had a big belly. Anyway. I had a, okay. This next one happens in 1997. In 1997, when I was looking up these stories, I eventually called it the year of the pilfer because <laughs> these crazy inside jobs, there's three of them that happened within a couple months in 97. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one happens in the West Coast. Um, our main protagonist is a guy named Alan Pace the Third. He was 26 at the time of this uh, caper. He's born and raised in Compton. Compton. And he worked for the Dunbar Armored Facility as a regional safety inspector for a few years when he decided to rob the place. Um, while he was on the job, he had time to photograph and examine the company's uh, armored car depot, the times of the guards. Like, he was a regional safety. He was like a supervisor. Like, he mm. had worked there for a couple years and has a pretty respected position. Um, he recruited five childhood friends from Compton with no police records. <laughs> so, I don't know if he had a hard time combing through the yearbook to find five buddies yeah uh, that didn't have a record oh, i don't know probably did straight um, out of the count so he gave them like the floor plan just like a movie photographs and said okay we're gonna do it just like you're playing gta 5 it's like i'm it's, trevor okay <laughs> it's like um, uh, oceans 11 yeah <laughs> and uh he got he gave them uh radio headsets and everything yeah um and uh, but the day before, like the day before the robbery, he was just hanging out when he got a phone call from the employer, and they fired him. Yeah, they fired him. So he looked at his buddy and he said, "Okay, we're doing this tonight because yeah. the company said we're fi- you're fired because we're tired. We were tired of his pranks." But I don't know what they meant by that. Another was another one said they were uh, they fired him for tampering with company vehicles. So it wasn't like. Uh, 
clear cut that the the fact that he was fired was because he was prepping for the heist and they okay. caught him. I feel like they wouldn't have just fired him. They would have charged him and investigated it. Yeah. They caught him planning So it sounds heist. like he was a fucking idiot. But <laughs> why would you pull pranks on your co-workers <laughs> if you're working at an armored car depot and you're planning a heist? <laughs> exactly. Maybe you thought, we'll never look at the guy who's putting eggs everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll they'll never, never look, look at the, the complete fuck up. Who put like, a whoopee cushion under the supervisor's desk. They'll yeah. never suspect me. Like, I'm thinking that he put, like, uh, would he... Vaseline on, like, the yes, keys or something. Exactly. Like, oh, like, just stupid shit. Yeah. Oh my god. So, um, yeah, and then they said, okay, you gotta turn in your keys tomorrow. <laughs> so he goes to his buddy, he's like, okay, we're doing this tonight. Um, he contacted his accomplices and they went to a house party in Long Beach so, so that they'd have an alibi. Yep. They hung out at the party for a bit, they slipped away, and then they went into black clothing and masks and they went to the uh, Dunbar Depot. Yeah. They entered through a side door and then started rounding up all the employees oh, and he man. knew where everyone was. So they tied them up, put their face down on the floor, uh, bound them with duct tape. Um, oh, the full, the full, the full treatment. And they got oh, wow. everyone. They, they literally just broke the padlocks on the metal cages with like bolt cutters because there's so many guards it wasn't really locked up, all this yeah. money. Um, afterwards... Uh, they hid the money, and then they drove back to the party and, like, had the rest of the night and hung out there. They left no evidence behind except for a little plastic taillight, and it didn't belong to the company vehicles. It belonged to a U-Haul truck that was rented by one of them. But they didn't... The cops had nothing. They laid low for years. Yeah. Like, the heat eventually fell off. Um, but one of the guys, Eugene Hill, he accidentally gave a real estate broker a stack of cash bound with the original currency stamps. Oh my God. What an idiot. What an so he, idiot. he had stashed some, some money away and the bills that he had given this real estate. Oh my so God. So the police were contacted and in 2001, uh, the main guy, uh, Alan Pace, the third got 24 years. He's still in jail. Hill, the guy who, uh, the smart guy who gave the broker the <laughs> here's cash fresh from a robbery from four years ago. He got 17. Oh, they stole like over almost 19 million dollars, by the way. 18.9 million dollars. Oh my god, okay, yeah. that's um, significant. Oh my god, yeah, uh, that's a lot of scratch. Yeah, he testified the main guy, Alan. He testified during the, the uh, the trial that um, he was framed by one of the other, other defendants because he was caught messing with his wife. Uh, yeah, he, I found him on Facebook also, and uh, his Facebook page it says. $18.9 million mastermind. Sound good? Well, if only you could see it through my eyes. My name is Alan Pace III, better known as the $18.9 million man. I like that. Kind of rolls off the tongue. Yeah. I am currently in a federal correctional facility for committing the biggest armed robbery in U.S. history in 1997. You might think I have a lot because of my story, but if you were a part of my family, how would you feel? That doesn't really make sense. I read it no, a couple times and thought I didn't get it, but it doesn't make sense. For a second, I was like, okay, this guy knows what he's talking yeah. about. I was like, no, this guy's an idiot. And then it just says, well, I will leave that question up to you. I am 41 years old. I've been incarcerated for the past 11 years. Just because I am locked up doesn't make me a menace to society. Um, he's still in jail, but it's this was still and still is the biggest cash robbery of all time. Wow. Nowadays, it would be worth cash, um, yeah. $30 million. Oh, more than half the money was never recovered. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, so they spend a lot of that money, but just because idiot boy 
gave some real yeah. estate agent probably 10 grand maybe yeah so oh. that happened in september 12th of 97 well a couple weeks later on october 4th there was another massive robbery with an inside job just like wow. that one um but remember this time i just want you to you know transport yourself there in your mind yeah okay this time this time of year titanic had just won the oscars uh, princess diana had died less than two weeks prior so everyone was reeling from that yeah, uh, jerry sad. lewis had a telethon that raised 50 million dollars for muscular dystrophy so maybe they robbed the wrong place you know i guess that's so a lot, that's a lot of money for a telethon back in 97 um have you ever seen the movie masterminds with Zach Galifianakis came out a couple years no, ago. Oh, I've never heard that one. No, not smart. Ronnie, not... you ever seen it? No. No, I don't think so. It's pretty funny. It's really weird. There's a couple other people in it, like Kate McKinnon, like her. She's in it. A couple other people. The SNL last movie people. I saw with Zach Galifianakis was when he was like running for like mayor of a town or something. No. It's like this though because he has a southern accent, just like that. Just He's like he was cl- talking like this. Yeah, he's, just like that. he's so funny. And Will Ferrell, I but think he yeah. plays a guy named David Gant from Charlotte, North Carolina, and he was working at a job making eight dollars an hour mm-hmm. as a supervisor. Oh God! Uh, for this armed car, armored like a uh, depot agency, um, and he was unhappy, $8. so he decided to do something. Yeah, and a supervisor. Oh. <laughs> uh, so he said, "I was unhappy with my life." I wanted to make a drastic change, and I went for it. Um, You know, most people try keto, maybe sign up for Disney+. Plus. This was a little (laughs) crazy. Um, So there's three main people in this story. There's this guy, David Gant, Zach Galifianakis. That's the guy that he played in the movie. And his platonic girlfriend, Kelly Campbell, who was married, by the way, this girl, to another person. (laughs) She also worked at this place, the Loomis Loomis Depot is the place. She worked there, but she doesn't work there anymore. She quit. Um, And another guy named Stephen Eugene Chambers. And they all kind of know each other from high school and stuff. Stephen? Yeah. So they came up with the following plan. Uh, Gant would remain in the vault after his shift on the night of the heist, October 4th. And let the other people into the vault, and then they'd load as much cash as they could, and they'd take off, and he'd go down to Mexico, and he'd come back years later when the heat was off. Pretty simple. You guys want to go to Mexico? Yeah, pretty <laughs> sounds pretty simple. Yeah, it always sounds simple. Um, so the night came, and they did it. Uh, Gant, he had a new hi- newly hired employee working with him training, and he just kind of said, you know what, you did good today, Steve. You can go home. So imagine working with a guy, and like, he breaks all the protocols in oh, front yeah. of you, and he just tells you, go home early, which I'm sure are all huge red flags. Oh, yeah. Because they make you work with someone else because you're least likely to rob the place, like, if you're working by yourself. And then they just risky. fire this guy? Oh, no, no they that was fired the, story. the girl. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. But no, yeah. but they fired... Um, she no, had just gotten fired before. The stories sorry. have a lot of similarities, though, I'm so sorry. that might yeah. happen again. Pardon me. But... The other girl who's in on it, she used to work there. But she knows the place too, Kelly. Kelly Yeah, she doesn't work there anymore though. Um, So uh, he sent them home early and then he proceeded to load about $17.3 million in cash. Um, $11 million was in $20 bills. So it was a lot of like volume. He loads it in the back of the van. His accomplices show up and they're home free. He goes to Mexico. End of story. They get away. 
How bad Just do you kidding. feel if you're that fucking trainee? <laughs> oh, yeah, the next day. So investigators considered Gant to be the prime suspect from the beginning oh, because yeah. he was the only person who didn't show up the next oh, day. Yeah. And the videotapes recovered from the Loomis Fargo Charlotte office that showed it showed him removing cubes of cash and loading it into the van for over an hour. Because there was like four cameras and he only like took the tapes from three of them and yes. totally forgot the other one. Oh, God. And he was telling them, he's like, guys, I know every security camera. There's nothing to worry about. And he forgot like the most <laughs> important one that clearly showed everything. Um, so they traced his phone calls from Mexico back to Kelly Campbell and the FBI agents and Mexican police arrested him on March 1st, 98 uh, at a resort near Cancun. Oh, um, the next day, Steve and Michelle Chambers... Uh, Kelly Campbell, Michelle Chambers was Steve, the, the other guy, uh, his wife, mm-hmm. and four other. There was a bunch of other people involved. Uh, but the three main people, they received around 70 years, and they're all out of prison. The movie's funny. It's very, they take a lot of, you know, liberties. liberties. <laughs> yeah, um, you have to, though, because but it's, you have to amplify how stupid these probably these people are. Yeah. But they pulled it off. Yeah. So, like, what? Like, can you really call it stupid? Because they pulled yeah, it off. Exactly. Like, so that was... Uh, in late October, in late like fall of '97, so earlier that year in March of '97, um, the same place, uh, the Loomis, um, this place was called the Loomis Fargo yep. Depot. They had a place in Jacksonville. The same company yep. had an employee also <laughs> named Philip Johnson, who pulled off what was then the largest cash heist history, taking 18.8 million. So between these three months. Or these couple months, all these three heists, they keep changing the ranks. Because every yeah. time what happens, it's that day, it's the highest, the biggest cash heist ever. So they're like, yeah, they're like supplanting each other. Like, no, I'm the champ. No, exactly. I'm the champ. No, yeah. I'm the champ. Just like, like the world, uh, <laughs> you know, Mario Kart rankings or something like that. Oh my god, I was so good on my game. Yeah. Do, 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 do. Um, he overpowered two of his co-workers and left them handcuffed oh, in different Jesus. locations. He stashed most of the money in a storage shed in his in Mountain Home, North Carolina. So again, North Carolina popping up here. Yep. See all these similarities? And he moved to Mexico City. Maybe these guys were related. Mexico! Yeah. What is what is with North Carolina and these bank heists? I tell you. They, they, all they know is that if they get to Mexico, they're home free because yeah. of jurisdiction, basically. He was trying to come back in August of 97. He was trying to come back through Texas. Uh-huh probably to get his money and yeah. they noticed his answers were weird and they, they caught him yeah. you know, they were on high alert um, they found a trail of clues that led them to the shed so they were already on to him um, and they recovered 18 million from the shed but there's a portion that wasn't covered it wasn't recovered million. but those three stories are pretty crazy and I don't know I just thought it was was pretty nuts like so combined like almost a million like probably a hundred million dollars today every one of these major heists that you hear about they're almost always an inside person that did it and it's always. all things that shouldn't be able to they happen. know the best yeah like like the way that he was just able to say well charlie you did good today you know what why don't you take off seven hours early on me yeah don't yeah. tell him don't tell him i did this just between this just between you and me yeah, yeah, and like he needed him to go because yeah. he needed all that extra time to get out of there. Exactly. Like his his whole plan was basically that he needed the, the extra time to get away. Yeah. Because if he could get into Mexico, he's good. But if they if they catch him after if they find out that the money's gone after two hours, he doesn't have much of a getaway. If they find out after eight hours, he could already be in Mexico. Yeah. Like, exactly. So that's cool, man. Like 
Exactly. I always think that robbery stories are funny, like because like there's really no victim, like unless like they they hurt someone like during the robbery or something. Like there's really no victim anybody because it's just you the banks, it. just there's the banks. No victim. That's right. Victimless crime. <laughs> Go rob a bank, everyone. Go rob a bank. You're not gonna hurt my feelings. <laughs> exactly. It's yeah. free money. That's funny though, man. Oh my god. Yeah. But what can you like? If you're gonna pay people that low. And have that much amount of money. I mean, in 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 or around them, eight, you're eventually going to get a plot hour, around yeah. to try and get some of that money. Yeah. You have to because just de- desperation kicks in at some point. Yeah, so it's crazy eventually. Yeah, mm-hmm. but anyways, I hope you like my stories. I did too. I'm sorry yeah. I didn't have much to to say today. You uh, better be sorry. You Brett Daniel your... Hedges. Oh, oh my goodness. heavens! But uh, on a serious Christmas note, is ruined. Christmas is ruined. Oh. Um, obviously a lot of shit's been going on lately. Uh, had some personal stuff going on and a lot of friends and family been helping us get through it. So next episode, hoping to be right back on track. I've got some crazy shit that I've been researching and I think I'm going to make you laugh really hard next time I get together. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Is it about Elon Musk? No, hells no. Are you bringing Elon Musk onto the show? Oh. So we can smoke oh. a blunt with him? Oh, you're bringing Elon Musk. Elon Musk. <laughs> Yes. What happened to that SpaceX thing? Did it even work or no? Uh, it it worked, but it exploded. But that was a good thing, apparently, because okay. now they know what happens if it explodes. So. No one died, though. No, it was unmanned. Oh, okay, cool. That's even yeah. better. Okay, exactly. Cool. Good for them. Yeah, good, 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 good for you. Good for you. Good for you. Good for you. All right. Well, I guess that's it. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, everybody. everybody. Thanks for Happy listening. Holidays. Hope you have a good week and uh, hit us up on social media. Yeah, don't forget to follow us on social media at wildwickedandweird at gmail.com. Yep. We're also on Twitter at wildwickedandweird. Uh, no complaints, though, as always. No haters necessary. Exactly, exactly. All right, thanks for tuning in. All right, thanks, Feist. Peace. Peace.